What up, world? This is your friendly neighborhood DJ. DJ GL, I'm with my fly ass co host slash sister Gertie, aka Legigi the G. You're live from the green box. What up, sis? I hate you today. That, that's, that's what we're going to start off with? First quarter? Uh huh. Okay, you know what? I got to bump you out. I got to bring the positive energy in this room today. This is a very important episode. You're not starting on the right foot. I'm I'm positive. I'm positive. It's been a month. It's been a month and of recording, and today was gonna be my announcement of employee of the month. Oh God! And so far, you have not started on the right foot. I'm very positive today. I'm what positive. I need you to do is take a break. Tomorrow, you have the day off. I don't, don't work for you. <laughs> I do not work for you. What I need you to do is take a day to reflect. Take a week off. I'll see you next Thursday. Take a whole week off. You know, put your feet up in the air. Take the monkey out the jar. That expression doesn't even make sense. You know, I am positive today. I'm positive that I don't like you. (laughs) Why? 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 What is this? I don't know. Animosity in the room. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Or is it animosity? It's animosity. Whatever. You know what's animosity? Whatever, whatever. Anyways, everybody, hello. It's episode five, episode cinco, cinco de octubre. Sis, I'm happy to have you here again. You know what time it is. Yes, we are midway through our very first season of Life in the Green Box, and I'm just super excited Like for this episode. This is the fifth episode. Five times, five times, five times. Five times. <laughs> I like that. See, and I need to find a drop for that, but you know what? <laughs> and and I do want to say, like, I'm just really proud of your consistency and commitment to this podcast. Like, we always talk about this has been um, a dream that has long been overdue. And so yes. um, just the dedication, If for those who don't know, starting a podcast um, or being an entrepreneur in a lot of different ways, or not even just being an entrepreneur, any type of business, any type of creative plan, it's a slow grind. And it's like, a, it, you don't see the... Like what's the word The money What's the word for, Like The rewards the You don't rewards. see the fruits Of your labor mm-hmm. Until later on yeah. And you know um, Thank you so much for that But I, I Funny you said that Because today I was kind of Dedicating this show to you And what you brought to the table You know I make a lot of jokes About that But uh, you have helped me Bring this dream And I hate to use this word again But to fruition You have put it <laughs> In the In the air with me You have Betted on me You have you know, supporting me through the process, and I'm only grateful for you and our producer and everybody else involved out there. You know, I love y'all for real. Yeah, thank you to everybody who's been a guest on the show thus far, um, and all of the people who are going to be guests in the future. Thank you to all the people who constantly send us, you know, your reactions to the episodes, yes, yes. your feedback in the your episode, donations, your donations. Thank you so much for that too, as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we can go ahead and get started since this is the fifth episode this is the midpoint episode we're gonna uh go into our first segment of scrolling of scrolling and double tapping but we're gonna do it a little differently as we as we talk about the different topics today i'm also gonna throw some questions out there where we're gonna name some of our like we're gonna respond with a list of five um so we'll get into a topic and then i'll ask a question um and then like I said, we'll ask for a list of five. And you'll see more about what I mean in a little bit. Right, um, right, right. 
But let's jump into it. Last night was the first vice presidential debate of the 2020 election um, where we had the Kamala Harris, Senator Kamala Harris. Shouts out to Kamala, black woman. You know, I told y'all they're going to help us lead this race to the motherland. Let's go. Mm -hmm. And that was Senator Kamala Harris against Vice President Michael Pence. Um, Gio, what are your thoughts on the vice presidential debate last night? Um, It was... It, it uh, I was betting on this, Gerti. I was betting on Kamala Harris showing out for the Democratic Party. I think that the people had a lot of questions about Joe Biden, but I thought Kamala Harris from the beginning was a strong candidate for presidency. You know, when um, for the Democratic Party, but now that she's vice president, I couldn't wait to see her on the big stage. So I was extremely excited to see what she could bring to the table. Uh, a couple of things that kind of definitely stuck out was the conversation of, you know. This is not my most important topic, but one of the conversations that came up was Donald Trump's uh, taxes. And she mentioned something about, like, you know, we all, like, something along the lines of debt and how American people go through debt and we want to know who we owe our money to. And it would be nice to know where the president is owing his money to. Mm. And, you know, that that is true. When you're the leader of the world, we want to be able to trust in you and know that what you're telling us to do is solidified with, you know, being somebody who walks the walk and not just talk the talk. So we obviously know how I feel about Donald Trump already, but let alone, I was rooting for Donald Trump to do well as a president. So some of these questions I had as well. Um, the death of Breonna Taylor was brought up in the debate, and that one stuck out for me a lot because of what Mike Pence mentioned about Joe Biden, that he believes law enforcement has an M- implicit bias against minorities and that is a great insult to the men and women who serve in law enforcement for anybody in the black community that just literally tells you that he's oblivious to all the problems in the police uh, system the jail system because he doesn't believe that there is implicit bias towards minorities i can't make it any clear for anybody like that you know that's just exactly why i won't uh, you know vote for Mike Pence and Donald Trump at all. Uh, there was another thing that stuck out for me was um, uh, climate control. And uh, I think that climate control and uh, climate change, matter of fact, is something very important to the world because it's not really, it's never about us in this world. Some of the things that, you know, presidents are supposed to in place into law are supposed to impact our kids in the future. So climate change was very important to me. Mm-hmm. They talked about it a little bit. Uh, Mike Pence said something to me that was very ignorant when he said there are no more hurricanes today than there were 100 years ago. That it kind of made it like a, not a big deal. Like, yeah, things are changing and things are whatever, but we haven't seen hurricanes in, you know, in 100 years. That is false information. There is so well, much things happening. He's saying the world. there's just as many hurricanes today as they as there were. That, yeah, as ago. they were. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. and um, which I don't know if that's true or not. But it does, right, it doesn't but feel that doesn't true. take away from <laughs> the importance of climate change and what we have to in place. There are more wildfires out there. There are you know there's snow melting and ice caps of the world that are affecting the way you know we live or even the future of our children. So we we have to take that stuff serious. You know, science and technology and research is real. So believe in that before you believe in just these guys who just coming into the office and thinking they know everything. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I hear where you're coming from. Honestly, I do want to say, like, I really do like the Biden-Harris ticket. Um, I think that it's a good balance between someone who is more moderate, like Joe Biden, and someone who is seemingly more liberal yeah, like yeah, yeah. Um, or progressive, like uh, Senator Harris is. It's a nice balance. I love that word. That was a good one, sis. But I will say... So I wanted to give that kind of like as a disclaimer before I said what I really, the other thing I wanted to say. Um, I felt like I was a little disappointed in last night's debate. I felt like um, Kamala Harris, she did good. Like she did enough. Um, I just expected so much more. I think back to the Democratic debate that happened um, the second Democratic debate, like during the primaries. Um, and I felt like she did a much better job. Like she unanimously won that debate. Whereas this time around, I don't feel like it was unanimous. I guess I expected her to come with kind of like that level of just like clarity and just like strength in her responses. Um, and there was a lot of times where she was just like responding and not sharing her plan and her ide- it, ideology. You felt, like, you felt like she played it safe, too, a little bit too safe for you? A little bit too safe for me. I felt like my... You, can mm-hmm. I ask you a question? Oh, that brings me to the next question. Do you think that as a, uh, a black candidate, or a, a woman black candidate, that she was trying to play the fence in a sense? You know, uh, white women voters didn't even like... They're a white candidate in Hillary Clinton. Do you think she kind of played it to yeah. not, mm-hmm. you know, had to play the fence? In Absolutely. A sense? It's so hard. Even just like in my, me every day, every time I share my opinion just as a black woman, sometimes I feel like I constantly have to feel, I have to reel back so that I don't get, I don't come across as being like too feminist or too aggressive or too, you know, um, like, even just right after yeah. the debate, Fox News was talking about how Kamala Harris was scowling the entire time. I'm like, wow. Like, <laughs> scowling? Scowling. That's, even, Good word. Even when we go back a little bit to trending topics where the whole resting bitch face thing came about, it's just like, why is it that black women have a resting bitch what face? Is that, what does that mean to me? I never heard that one. Resting bitch face? Like, I just feel like it was kind of like a a joke of just like... Oh, people say I always look mean or I'm looking at them crazy and they called it like a resting bitch face. Like it's just how I look, you know, like and I'm like, why does it have to be the black woman narrative? Um or the narrative for so black I women? get I get less smiles and gestures from white women than I get from black women. I mean, obviously I'm black, but uh-huh. everybody has a resting bitch but face. But nobody requires that of white women. It's only black women. Yeah. Once again, you know, I'm still unraveling and I'm learning about how to treat black women better every single day. I do think I am um, closer to getting to that, you know, and mastering that because there's so much things to unlearn and, and relearn about how to treat our black women. But it's not even about just black men at this point. You know, men in general need to, like, step away and learn that, you know, mm. the voice of the black woman is here now. So many generations are not used to that voice of the or that even that look of the black woman that's yeah i'm here with you mm-hmm. i'm just as powerful and strong as you yeah so out of all the things like you know we had to learn as just americans in this world uh black women are here mm-hmm. and they're standing tall 10 toes down to the floor and they're ready to sit there and battle and right now i mean is it recorded is it still i don't know if it's still recorded that way but the last time i checked was 
the black women are the strongest and most intelligent group of people in the world. Yeah, like the most educated. Most educated and, you know, and the uh, the growth of them between the years. Mm -hmm. It's something to sit there and say. So to everybody out there, we got to start, you know, keeping in mind how we respond to a black woman talking on her, her her stance in this world, you know? Yeah. I think, like, there were just certain moments throughout this debate. And maybe I can't tell if it's, like, I just expected more from Kamala Harris or I expected so much less from Mike Pence. But he came in, you know, because as a vice president, like, I feel like when Obama was president, we seen Joe Biden so much. He was right there. We heard from him all the time. Like, it was Uncle Joe, you know? And now with... Um, President Trump, we don't personally, I don't usually see Mike Pence around as much. I don't hear him as much. So I didn't expect him to be so like, he's like a polished Trump. And I guess I didn't expect him to be so much like that. Who? Mike Pence. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't heard much from Mike Pence, you know, at all. I mean, at least from the, the things, the, the sources that I keep up with. And I, you know, I try to listen to both sources just to be as fair as possible. And I don't hear from Mike Pence as often as I remember hearing from Joe Biden. Yeah. And so to that being kind of like the first time I really heard from him personally, like in a while, at least, I was very surprised how, I mean, he was pretty, he was almost just as good as Kamala Harris. And I think that when you have... The fact that Kamala Harris ran against Joe, they had opposing views on on certain things. So I feel like because they had opposing views, now was the time for her to convince us that they were a united front, um, which I felt like she tried to do a very good job at. But there were a couple of moments where some of her things, what I've been seeing afterwards, kind of contradicted what she said the first go around. The first go around, though, I like that Kamala Harris held him accountable, but still worked under the administration. She worked for Joe Biden. So I felt like in that moment when she was going at Joe Biden, she hold no, uh, uh, was it no holds bars against him. It was she came at him with the things that we cared about. Uh-huh. And she she held it clear. Like there were some things that I did not like what you did. And he responded. And the fact that he still chose her lets me know the person Joe Biden is in this day and era because that's the person that went at him and he still has her. As I'm not vice talking president. about her like when she like reads him or when she holds him accountable. I'm talking about literally their views on certain things like fracking. Right. Like that was a big th- that right. was a big part of the conversation last night. And I felt like they had um some difference of opinions or even how they the difference in how they both view health, I just like healthcare and insurance. And- I feel like Kamala did a great I'm so sorry I cut you off. I feel like Kamala did a great job at saying like these are our new views is what I got from it. Like yo, me and Joe Biden made it very clear Right, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, so, yeah, I'm saying like the that compromise she that she made cuz you have to compromise. They had two different views on so many different points, but she made sure she in she imposed her will in all the changes in the compromising conversation mm-hmm. in which I liked. But go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying the same thing. I was like, mm-hmm, she spent mm-hmm, a lot of mm-hmm. time last night trying to prove that they were a united front. That's what I'm saying. Like so that. then the, the fact that she was doing that, I don't feel like she hit some of the points that I needed as somebody who already accepted them as a shared ticket she wasn't hitting on those points versus oh, she was like more that. so convincing other people. I like that. Um, 
Which is what which Mike Pence has been the vice president for four years, so he doesn't have to prove him and Donald Trump are a united front because and Mike Pence did not run against Donald Trump. It's not like he chose Marco Rubio or um or uh what's his name? He didn't choose one of the other Republicans that ran against him. He chose right. someone he personally I never heard of Mike Pence before Trump chose him. So yeah, we never knew if Pence even had different views from Donald Trump. They just we didn't. knew we knew in a sense that Mike Pence, at least from where I came from, was like that. Mike Pence was a safe goat. Like it was like he he definitely believed in everything Donald Trump was. He was extremely conservative, and we knew that. But for the most part, you're very right mm-hmm. that when when he talks, he does sound like a more conservative and maybe conserved. Well, that's Donald how, Trump. Well, what I'm saying is that. When they became, when he, Donald Trump chose Mike Pence as his running mate, they hadn't ran against each other. That, no, no, you're, that's fact. Yeah, that's so fact. They, we, they didn't have to prove they that they no were on the same yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was easy to just accept that this was his new ace boom coon. Can I, and, and so. double on that, that's why I liked the Kamala Harris move, because Joe Biden made a promise that he would choose a woman, and he chose a woman of color. No, he and, made a promise that he was going to choose a black woman. He, was he, said, he said there was a black woman that he mm-hmm. was going to choose? Oh, word. Okay, I thought he, he promised. Okay, so you're right. So I thought he, you know, and he, he kept up with his promise. A yeah. person who was right there challenging him. Mm-hmm. That's called holding somebody accountable and accepting mm-hmm. it. Joe Biden has some views, and he says, I still stick by these views, but I'm thinking about the people of the world. The world has changed. And that's why he has my vote. Come in November. But I, go ahead. Yeah, I no, that's it. I, I think that that's my synopsis. Like I was okay with the vice presidential debate. I just wanted more from Kamala Harris. Facts. And I understand the mind. I as a black woman have to play that mind game that she has to play too. I just wish that she was able to hit some concrete answers. Like I just needed some clarity, which I felt like the first presidential debate Joe Biden did an excellent job of. As when he could talk, he answered questions in a way that I was like, okay, like I see yeah. where you stand. I may not agree with it, which that, or last week or two weeks ago, I did agree with a lot of the things he said, um, but I, I like clarity. So yeah. I just wanted that. So that was cool. Um, hopefully we'll be able to see the next presidential debate, um, but Donald Trump has COVID. Oh so. yeah, That's our ne- <laughs> is that the next topic? We may not see the next presidential debate yet. Is that the next topic you're mm-hmm. going to? That's a nice little segue. Go ahead, talk about mm-hmm. it. I don't think he has it, so that's Ooh, that on that. Ooh, so that's, mm-hmm. that, that we're going to keep it like that? We're going to keep it gangster like that? I mean, that's my opinion. I All don't right. think he has it. I think that he wants to show... he he. The biggest backlash that Trump has gotten is that he called COVID a hoax. And he said that, you know, it's not that deep, basically. If he can have it and survive it and, you know, Ooh. test out medicine, then it affirms his, like, his whole stance on well, it and his approach. Just to be fair, just because I'm on the path of just being completely fair, let's just say if I do believe that he has it, uh, I do, I've seen people have it around me and they're, what is it called, asymptomatic, mm-hmm. and they don't have any effects and they're... They're, they're living their daily life. I actually believe that I had it towards the end of last year, and I remember being sick 
Like I've never been sick in a while. Dog, black people saying that they had COVID at the end of the last year reminds me of like back in the day when black people always used to say they was mixed with some type of Native American. Like, oh, I got Cherokee in my skin. Yeah, but this I time, believe I believe them and I believe yeah, y'all. But it's just on, funny. Honestly, when you talk about how, how long ago United States mm-hmm. had this information about COVID, they knew long time ago that it was airborne that we could be affected. So they knew long time ago. This information was to Donald Trump. He just kind of just it under the rug so the fact that the american government knew that and yet i got so sick the way i did and then that so many people had shared the same type of situation as me within the same time <laughs> period lets me believe that it's been here they try to play it off like nothing and you know it is what it is right mm-hmm. donald trump let's just say if he does have it uh it goes to show you that it is real I do think that I've changed my opinion on believing that if he had it just because of the fact that he doesn't want to do a virtual debate. Virtual debate for a, for presidents would look just like it would look on any super network when they have two people talking, satellite feed, why, they've been doing I this for years. That's the thing I don't understand. How is, if he has COVID, the debate would be virtual. If he didn't have COVID, the debate wouldn't be virtual. He, the, the, they're proposing debate to be virtual. Right. And Joe Biden said yes. Donald Trump said no, he won't do it. So now before I thought, okay, he might have COVID. You know, it is what it is. He he did look like he was gassing for air, but I'm not going to go with conspiracy theories, things like that nature. When he came out of the White House, you know, he did look kind of like sickly when he was gasping for air the whole time. But like I said, I'm trying to be fair. Let's just say Donald Trump has COVID. Mm-hmm. It very it does look coincidental, even if I believe it, that the fact that he won't do a virtual debate, that he owes the American people another debate. His first display on the debate stage was horrific. If you thought Joe, I mean, that Donald Trump won that debate against Joe Biden, I I I don't know what to say to you. I really don't have too much arguments left for you. But the fact that he doesn't want to do another debate, even if it's virtual, with all the technology that we have, when it comes to like how Fox News has people, they've been doing this for years, y'all. He knows he can get muted in a virtual debate. Not only that, he thinks his campus senator saying that Joe Biden can be fixed information on new topics, that Joe Biden doesn't have it all up here, that he doesn't know how to speak on the fly. I'm like, what was the first debate about? He, I mean, there wasn't no question that he didn't know how to answer yet. He knows his politics. They talk about it. He has a team. Donald Trump, you have a team. Bring the camera back. Show everything. Show the full body. Mm-hmm. You don't have to fix information. You have a, a notepad, a pencil, so you can write, you know, document information. That's all you have. Just keep the same standards. Yeah. What's the difference of you being the same place? It's hard to believe that he has COVID, but I do think it's coincidental. <laughs> that sounds crazy. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. It, so do the virtual debate. That doesn't make no sense not to do it. Go ahead. No, he. I said what I said. I don't think he has it. I think that. Yeah, it would be such a, like such a great move for him to be not only get it but survive it. So when people right now, the biggest thing that people are holding against him is he's responsible for millions of deaths. Or hundreds of thousands of deaths. I don't know the numbers. He said, he said he's, he's responsible for them. Health or something of that yeah, and he's yeah, he's out of breath because he's fat. But he Man. just get on my nerves. <laughs> I mean, 
I struggle with looking at the information I'm getting and thinking that I'm doing my best trying to look on the other side. Yet, people are seeing the same thing I'm seeing and telling me, like, no, he's not racist. I, you know, I, I, I do hope that he doesn't have it. I do hope that him and Melania oh, I pray don't. For him. Or I hope that they... We don't want if death they, on no If Donald they do Trump have it, I do wish them um, a full and safe and speedy recovery. Amen to that. Um, this isn't, yeah, anything them getting sick or anything like that. I just feel like he's also just tugging on heartstrings. But regardless, if he has it, like, I hope he's okay. And yes. I hope he gets okay. And I don't wish anything negative on him. But I don't think he has it. Yeah, we don't, we don't look for that, man. We're not the, you know... We don't have the grace and the power to do that. We don't control that. So we want it to be safe. Right. So like I said at the start of this episode, today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to do some top five things. So okay. to uh, encapsulate the conversation around the vice presidential debate and y'all president having COVID or not, um, <laughs> what are the top five things you care about in a candidate? And I just want to give a little context. I feel like a lot of people feel like the, the one of the newer narratives is black people just vote Democrat because we were always raised and taught yeah. to vote Democrat. I don't personally subscribe to that. I feel like I vote for people whose interests align with mine. Um, yes. And I think about the... So, this will help us to see that. Like, what are the top five things you care about in a candidate? Like, their views on what five topics? Their views on what five topics? Um, I don't know if this is in order, but this is the ones that came to me first quarter. Uh, black liberation. What is going to be owed to the black community? Like, what mm. are the steps being taken that's not only that we're owed, but that's going to make us be in the same playing field or a seat at the table. What do you think about people who are of Caribbean descent not qualifying for reparations and the conversations there? Um, people of Caribbean? Mm -hmm. So like Haitian people because we, our ancestors were slaves in Haiti and not slaves in America. Some people are saying that we don't qualify for the reparations that our community is fighting for. Um, we went through racism, <laughs> you know, uh, America racism, um, you, Jim Crow, and there was, uh, uh, immigrants here, you know, there are Haitian slaves that were transported from Haiti, but were on the same mission as the American trade, you know, the, or the founding of America, you know, there's a lot of Haitians that were on those same boats, you know, that were responsible for building up And not America just Haitians, and, I'm just talking about Caribbean or, yeah, in general. Every Caribbean, you know, was on that, you know, ship over here. So I think that, you know, when it comes to slavery, there's, there's a lot to go around on the, the trade from the West all the way over here. You know, there was Haitians on that boat. There was Americans on that boat or future Americans on that boat. There was future Jamaicans on that boat. You know, there was boats that just so happened to land in these certain countries or islands, but they were looking for the same mission. They, they were using us in the same, you know, weaponizing way or, you know, the, the or demonic way, if you will. They were, you know, we were pushing these boats forward 
And then we built whatever they need to be built. And so, yes, the American problem, it, it does, it, it should, I'll stand correct. You know, the American problem, it's, it, it affects the people that were here first. I know they are old something, but then that just tells you of how horrible that, you know, are facing the music of slavery and how it impacted this entire world. Mm-hmm. Let alone just America. Mm-hmm. So then should the French be paying our reparations? Just you know, thought. going on to the Haiti situation, we, we, we gave... <laughs> we gave the French money for years for us kicking them out of Haiti. That's a scary story in its own. You know, so we we owed, we were in debt to to France for what they did to us. Mm-hmm. And they left the land bad. All we did all they did was use Haiti for crops and destroyed the soil and and the land of Haiti. Then when we we definitely got our uh, uh, our independence. We were in debt to them. So there's so there's there's a lot of ways to go around it. it. I definitely understand the plight of directly affecting those who were in the you know in the Americas, but we're also uh, uh, slaves to to Jim Crow laws and segregation and racism to this day. So you know we're also slaves to that as well. Yeah, especially in South Florida, like. A lot of Miami was built on the backs of immigrants, so that that's, took a while. I'm something. sorry, that one was a good question. I'm <laughs> sorry, so sorry, it was I, random. I just thought that about one took it. A while. That was a great question. Uh, that took a while because I had to really think about that one for a second, you know. Mm-hmm. And that was really on the fly, y'all. Like that, that wasn't scripted. I just had to really think about, you know, when it comes to us being Haitian immigrants, the plight that we go through as well. But I, I. I Haitian people always, you know, and I'm talking from all the islands, but just specifically talking from a Haitian kid, we're always quick to be, you know, take our turn. We wait, we're patient, we, we're forgiving. But, you know, there's a lot, we, we go through a lot of pains and horrors of slavery as well. Yeah, for sure. I think that, I don't know, I don't really have a strong opinion on that topic. I don't even know why I asked the question, but I just have been, I've seen something about that recently about how people of Caribbean descent won't qualify for reparations. I actually had a Caribbean friend say, I don't really care about reparations because I wouldn't qualify. And I was like, oh, damn, I didn't even think about that. Just being black in America and fighting for black lives and fighting for black rights, not that I ever forget that I'm Haitian because I'm very proud to be Haitian. But um, When you think about the way we, uh, when it comes to Jamaica, Haiti, or all the Caribbeans in America, just black people in general, we came from slaves. You know, like, you know, you know, we all go back to maybe one place, you know, we want to, you know, put our, we know, I I, I haven't done an ancestral test yet, but I can't wait to check it out and see where Mm -hmm. where we go But then it's like, if I find out I'm from Africa originally, that lets me know that our descendants are also slaves. But I guess the question is like, does America owe us or does, you know, like... England owe, does Spain owe, does France owe those The best they can do is take care so, of all the um, black people. But then that gets like, people feel like that gets very, what's the word, like, 
it, the lines get blurred. But that's neither here. You know, that's, 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 I mean, that's like that's very cheap of us, or maybe lazy of us to think that a, a certain amount of black people should get reparations. When we believe, when we look back at our percentage in the United States, just as our population in the United States versus any other people, you know what we still make? What twelve percent of the world, uh, America? I think thirteen now. Thirteen percent of America. Woo-hoo. So to think that they can't look out for thirteen percent of the world, where you know, the country, yeah. Or the country still. And I mean, that that sounds very lazy of us to think that, okay, some of us deserve a little bit of it when we populate your jails, though. You know what I'm saying? I don't Everything, think... I don't know, think I don't, there's no discrimination on that. When they fill up in jails, it's it's Jamaicans, Haitian, you know, black people. When we talk about the number, when they say how many African-Americans, they're not just talking about African-Americans. Yeah, I don't think the narrative is about who deserves and who doesn't. It goes back to qualifications. It goes back to the, like forty acres. Yeah, 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 fo- yeah. But the, you know, I think that's kind of uh, the, for, the forty acres in a mule talk. Like that's what it goes back to when they because we are still owed that. Yeah, I'm all awesome, and they got it. They got it. They got it. They can give all of us thirteen percent. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, go back to your top five. So the top five things you care about in a candidate is there black. I said agenda? black liberation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, systematic racism. What steps are being taken to eliminate the problem? Um, systematic oppression. Are the school systems going to uh, going to be held accountable? What things? Are, what steps are being taken to make sure that you know black kids are you know don't have to go through the pains of systematic oppression? Are you going to help the black communities? You know, we don't need you know liquor stores and pawn shops. Are you going to put you know little? great companies in neighborhoods so kids can have a future and like, you know, start building into stocks early and, um, you know, 401ks and things and they just like start the process early in the black communities. Um, immigration. I'm Haitian. I need to know how they're treating the future of geos in this world. I'm not from Haiti, but my parents are. So I, I mean, they're the way they got their, Citizenship was way too hard, and I want that process to be better. Do I think that immigration situations, immigration laws should be in place? Do I feel like the United States should just be open to the world so easily? Like, no, there's a process. So let's build a process that's fair for all immigrants out there who are trying to lead a problem. Sorry, and one more. And no problem. And uh, climate control. You know, on climate change, you know, that's kind of important to me, too, because I also think about a future without me. I know we're our flesh. We might not all be here. <laughs> and I got to think about my nephew and the future, my future kids and Gertie's future kids and all those other things, you know? Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, for me, my top five, like, things that I care about that I have to listen to is a candidate's similar to you, a candidate's view on education. Not really the loan forgiveness conversation, not that I don't care about that, but it's when I'm talking about education, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the public school systems um, and ensuring that all kids have equal access to a quality education and equal access to opportunities. Um, And yeah, and our like black and brown children in public schools should have opportunities that mirror their affluent peers. So there's that. Um, My second thing, again, similar to you, is immigration. I strongly believe that we need to have better laws around immigration and 
really put our like our stake in the ground about where we stand as a country and if this is going to be a country in which where people can take refuge or not like and we need to get clear on it and then we need to create systems and plans to support those who uh, come to this country my third is healthcare. I think that everyone should have access to healthcare. Um, I like Joe Biden's plan where like you can keep your healthcare provider and then you can also um healthcare, that's a good one. Get your own. So like you can keep your if you have like an employer with good health care, you can stay there. And then if you don't, you still get health care. Um, right. And I, I like that. I'm with it. And that's super important how, how a candidate orients to health care. The fourth one is, is women rights. And this wasn't on my list um, in the past. Okay. Not because I didn't care about women rights. I think now it's higher up because of the conversations around Roe v. Wade potentially getting like reversed. Whoa. And, yeah. That's a thing. That's a thing. They asked it last night on the debate too. Like, if Roe v. Wade gets reversed, and it's like, wow, gets that's reversed. crazy. I thought that was kind of just conspiracy, if you will. They're they're, they're literally talking about reversing. Mm-hmm. And, so and defunding. Not, not to get into details, that takes away women's rights to their body. Yeah, women's rights to an abortion, um, and to make to the whole choice. country as a nation. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if it would start statewide or what the plans are. I completely ignore it. I think it is a terrible conver- like decision, um, but I know that they want to defund Planned Parenthood. And yeah, it's just really sad right now. Um, the idea that people think that Planned Parenthood or or anything that has anything to do with abortion only affects the black community is almost laughable. It's it's I mean it's terrifying. I'm so sorry. I'm saying it's laughable. I I almost laugh at the idea that it's so easy to understand for me that women should have the right to control their body. Period. Because mm-hmm. I mean, the argument that Pence used last night in the debate is around like late terminations, um, which. Like plan, I don't know. Like from what I know, Planned Parenthood doesn't even encourage that. So like I or support that or like offer that. So I don't know where that comes from. But I guess women have it. But then it's just like privileged white women are able to go to their doctors and their like secret little places and yeah. do what they need to do. But when it comes to controlling. Basically, population control of minority communities, it's such a it's It's, it's beyond just black women. It affects black women, affects minorities, affects white women. And the idea of the reason why some of these uh, situations were in place also came from the idea of getting a child pregnant. Pedophilia is serious. And they're trying to make implement situations where that's going to ignore all those problems that existed in this world. Mm-hmm. The reason why these things were implemented because of, you know, young women getting pregnant, black women, white women, it affects all women. Mm-hmm. It should be the right to choose what is necessary for their life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was my fourth one. And then my last one is LGBTQIA plus rights. Like that is something okay. that matters to me. I think like the... 
I just have so many close friends who identify and are a part of that community. And and I'm really just like afraid of Mike Pence, to be honest. Like he still believes in conversion therapy. And I think like maybe if it was another candidate, you know, running, I wouldn't have this so high on my list. But I fear what a president, like presidents and vice presidents in their first term, like they tread lightly. Yes. Because you want to get reelected. 100%. But in that last time, that second time, you could do what, what you want. It's, it has been recorded there a lot more. I mean, even Obama, Obama granted, granted. Amped it up, second term. Yeah, second term he amped it up, granting same-sex marriages. Like, that was a big thing, and a lot of people were felt like, what's the word, blindsided, because they're like, you said you didn't stand for this, and now that you got reelected, you did this thing. And I was just like... Do what you do, OBZ. But when it comes to other people who I don't trust, obviously, I'm like, no, I'm scared. I didn't, you know, Um, and I mean, obviously, we only had five things to talk about. But I think we both on the same page about uh, everything we vote for is closer to world peace, even if it goes against our moral views and our religious views and things of that nature. It's, It's the closeness to world peace. And ultimately, we leave by love. So that's what we choose by. But I feel like this is super aligned to, like, what I stand for. So, yeah. Amen to that. So, so what's up? But that was our fi- our top five to close out the debates. Let's go into, because um, huh, this is a conversation that we had last episode. Oh, no. I said I wouldn't talk about talk it. Cheap, Tori. I'm scared of this Bitch ass lanes. Oh, Gets charged with assault for Megan the Stallion. Shout out to all the hotties, uh, all the hot girls. You hottie too? I'm a hottie. You were part of every group. I'm a hottie. I'm a part of the Beehive. I'm a Barb. Part of the Navy? <sighs> oh, see? <laughs> That's a conversation for another day. I don't got no beef with Rihanna, so all you little... Little Navy people don't get mad, but I don't, I don't know if I identify there. I'm part of the have C you, have squad. You, have, you, have you shopped uh, from Rihanna? No, I haven't. No Finny nothing? Mm-mm. But that's because I use drugstore healthcare products. So, like, I mean, skincare I products and drugstore um, makeup products. So, All right. Yeah. And I've been hey, having listen. some mixed reviews from my favorite bloggers. Because I might know the lieutenant of the Navy. She shops often with Fenty. Your girlfriend? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, she is down with the Navy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's how Rihanna gets you. You shot once and you just can't stop on some Pringles. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, yep. But I felt, I don't know. I just haven't tried anything. Um, I've been getting mixed reviews on some of her skincare products. I think her makeup products have been consistently, like the people, I, the YouTubers I follow, the bloggers I follow, they seem to like it. Um, but I haven't converted to the. But that's Hold not the line. point. The point Go is, ahead, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, on, y'all go. gonna make me have a conversation about Rihanna products. I don't care. Um, but Tory Lanez gets charged <laughs> with assaulting Megan The Stallion. He did that shit. <laughs> Remember that scene in Power where it was like, I know that nigga goes. Whatever they say he did, he did that shit. <laughs> that's how I felt about Tory <laughs> Lanez. He did that. Yeah. I tried not to say that about that. <laughs> <laughs> he did that shit. <laughs> Tory Lanez, he shot her, 
And now he's going to jail. Okay, I don't wish... I'm not excited that a black man is going to jail, but gosh darn it, sir. He might get deported. Gio. What? 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 What do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? Okay. Okay. You want me to tell the people what happened? I'm going to tell the people what happened. What happened? I knew Tory Lanez did it. I knew he did it. I like it's not even. I'm I not think, coming I mean, for you. I yeah, feel like you're admitting. You're coming for me. You know I don't, I'm very iffy about this topic. What are you yes, iffy about? Because I was on the path of forgiveness, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the part of the Bible I'm at. So right? you should still be there. I I was there from the beginning. Yeah, but yeah. I got crucified online. Y'all didn't like me sitting there saying like, okay. I wanted to hear Tori's side. Did I agree with the album? No. But y'all didn't care. Y'all didn't care that I also said... <laughs> but you listened to it. Just a it's day. time for you to be honest with your fans. It's mid-season, the fifth episode. Did you listen to Tory Lane's album? What do you mean by listen to it? Like, listen. <laughs> Did you go on Tidal, a black-owned uh, streaming service, <laughs> I do have go to Shout his album... <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank you so much. Go to the album and hit play from beginning to end. No, like first of all, no. Oh, uh, niggas be lying when they say like. You don't even be saying like like that. First of all, I didn't. Ha- well, I'm not saying no to that question. I'm sitting there saying like, <laughs> no, that's not how everything went down though. Mm, tell me like, what happened. So like, everybody crucified me online for even saying like, yo, let me hear inside so the story. So now you're the victim. No, see, that's not even. <laughs> see, no, it's like, no, like, all right, okay, all right, yo, I, li- I listened to the album, but the, it's not my fault, though, low key, right? I love hip hop so much, even though y'all see from the outside in that he just made an album, in my head, I knew. The vernacular tradition of African Americans came from telling you go, your pain. Vernacular tradition. I love that. It comes from the pain in your story that you have seen. So, not to just excuse Tori for this, but every single artist that we love has told their struggle stories and what they've done at the very worst on wax. So, everybody you love. When they said they sold drugs and said they did this and they sold to their community and they feel bad and they're repenting on music. Or when somebody's talking about a relationship that went down, even if they did right or wrong, they say it on wax. So the hip hop in me knew I had to listen to it because that's just how the game goes. Yeah. I just but can't. but but truthfully, at first when people were saying I'm I'm helping Tori, I was not thinking that. I was really Hopeful of hearing something that said that both of them can come up as a mistake and like maybe there might be some forgiveness there from Megan's part to be like maybe I forgive him I don't know but now that I know the man shot her and know that what it was I did not believe it even after I heard the album but I still do feel bad Wait, that I'm confused by what you just said you said now that you know that he shot her or do you that, feel that's like- that's uh, that's evidence that's the police has like you know now. You know, taking in place aside from what they both sit there and say, you know, that's kind of how just the you know the system will work. If if there was a trusted system, I would trust that system. You know, um, yes. Now that he's gonna go to court and have to face the music, you know, now 
He deserves that, but I do forgive him. I do forgive that situation. I still love Megan and believe her. I still stand by black woman, but when it comes to a black man, I, I'm not gonna just sign him up as yeah. shooting a black anybody. And I, I was scared for that. I think that I think the thing where we this isn't a moment to like come for you for real, for real on a real note. But I do think the thing that we're missing is like you can forgive someone and no longer support them. Yeah, like any you know ex that I might have like I forgive them for whatever they have done to hurt me or whatever the case may be we never have to speak again though like we never and so when it comes to like obviously these celebrities are not our friends but as a Christian woman I forgive Tory Lanez but like I'm not gonna help him get coins in his pocket right now especially if maybe 10 years down the line or not even 10 years that's an exaggeration but however many years down the line if he was to come out with an album and like you said just tell his pain later yes but in that moment in that space you exploited a black woman's trauma to make money and I can't like supporting him in this specific situation this specific time even streaming his music I just could not commit to doing I say this so and, and you know you're right and to say this justice is being served this is a win for black women. It's a win for black people in general that a black woman's voice was heard first quarter and things are being in place to get her justice. But that's the thing, In a though, world where black women doesn't, you know, they're far from getting the justice that they deserve. And this isn't, this isn't about you, but, like, that's the thing. Black women are not... A black woman's voice was not heard first quarter because... You know, I, that was the process, though. You even know. after Megan said what she said, it was a lot of black men. I mean, I'm just talking basic. My, yeah, what's the yeah. word? Like my. But that's beyond them, though. I'm talking about what's going on with the police report and things of that yeah, nature. Yeah, is what but I I'm mean. saying it's beyond my, what what we go ahead. I'm so sorry. That part's great. What I'm disappointed in is in yes. my personal network, my personal uh -huh. community. What I see on Facebook, on Instagram, black men who could not just take her word for it, and I get it. But it was like to me, it was so clear. It wasn't really ambiguous this time, and I, and I and I said this last episode too. I've been in that place. Even when we think about like what the, we talked about the Kiki Palmer Trey Song situation, like oh I've been in that place as I'm a black so woman where I did not where I did not ride for another black woman, and I made a commitment. I would never do that again, and this was like my opportunity to prove that. So, given this conversation, given this topic. Um, Tory Lanez is charged You know I hope that It works out In the way that It's supposed to Whatever God has planned um, I'm not excited About a black man Going to jail But I am excited About a black woman Receiving justice Like Gio said So I want us to be More positive though Because this is a huge Divide in okay. our community So I want us to talk A little bit about We're not going to Spend a lot of time here But I want us to think About black women And men in entertainment Who we really admire Right now Like okay. when you see them online You get excited You love to hear What they have to say um, So since we're doing The theme of five Five black women In entertainment You admire right now Five black men Go um, Go Okay on. So the woman right mm -hmm. uh, I can't I'm Michelle Obama Every single time Madame Obizi You know I think she just speaks From a loving place that I think is the commandment of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I think she moves in that notion. I think, you know, the responsibilities of being any type of, you know, government official demands a lot of hard decisions. But ultimately, when you leave by love is what I like. Mm -hmm. uh, Who's next? 
I'm still, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a secret beehive, uh, beehive official, the gangster beehive. Whoop de whoop, you ain't know what it is. Booze. No one, the beehive does not say booze. booze. That's what we do, the gangster beehive. Boy, um, who's next? Beyonce, you know, is a, I'm a fan of Beyonce because, you know, I'm going to keep this quick. Beyonce didn't need to be the role model we have demanded from her. She has rose above expectations for uh, black women and black liberation. So I'm a fan of Beyonce for those Beyonce haters. Um, Angela Rye is somebody I think that should be a little bit more, even more serious into the politics and maybe get into the game because that woman right there is fierce and in all greatness i mean she you know in in the best possible way possible fierce in a great way angela rise somebody i i gravitate to her uh, and what she stands by she kind of inspires me on this podcast to kind of speak from a language that my people can understand so angela rye always gives me that that nigga in her you know even on the biggest stage i love it um isa because I love her direction. I think she built like a studio and to kind of grow, she takes pride into making sure that she features black people in all aspects of her show from the top to the bottom, not just the act, actors and actresses. She, uh, she, she makes sure that uh, everybody gets a seat at the table in the black community, which I love. Amanda Seals is another person who I definitely like right now. Uh, um, at first, Amanda Seals, I uh, I was trying to get the comedic side from her, and I didn't think that she was that funny at first until I started seeing her in the light of a Chris Rock and I see the or maybe a D.L. Hughley where she's a conscious comedian, and now I love what she does, you know, even more than I did when I first heard her. I definitely liked what she stood by and she owns her mistakes and she gives us everything. It's somebody who actually inspires this podcast as well to be vulnerable and to learn sometimes and to be like, yo, my bad, I mess up, you know? So I like that. Those are my top five of women. You want to go straight to the men? Um, or you want to talk about your top five the women? What do you want to do? Oh, go ahead. Um, a lot of my list was similar. I'm... Some days I'm in a... Well, Amanda Seals wasn't on my list, but since that's the last person you talked about, some days I'm an Amanda Seals fan, some days I'm annoyed, but that's neither here nor there. I just had to <laughs> drop that real quick. Um, but my top five, uh, y'all know Issa is my twin. Every season of Insecure, somebody texts me and says, you know who you remind me of? <laughs> Issa's on your list? Issa's number one on my list, yeah. Wow, yeah. that's great. I said, so when I said it, how did you feel when I said Issa? Were you surprised? I was like, oh. Because I feel like you low-key saying me because we the same person. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, um, Issa does remind me of you. Some of the things that me and you talked about, just as brothers and sisters, the girls I, growing up, her growing pains are similar to some of the growing pains that you went through. I mean, honestly, like, awkward black girl, the the Adventures of Awkward Black Girl, her, her first show on YouTube was my life in a nutshell. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I just see myself a lot in her, and I hope as I grow in my field, like, I can do what she has done for her community. Um, but yeah, anyways, obviously Beyonce, obviously Michelle Obama, um, 
And then I have Tracy Ellis Ross. I am obsessed. Ooh, I love uh, Tracy Ellis Ross. I love her. Um, <laughs> Blackish is one of my favorite shows on TV right now. And no, why? Because she's a. I messed up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but she, um, uh, one, I love all Candy Bear shows. We're going to have a conversation about Candy Bear shows another day. But um, yeah, I do love Tracy Ellis Ross. And I've been watching Girlfriends from season one on Netflix. And it's so good. Yeah, she's um, always been awesome, man. And then my last person. The whole person, family, right? Yeah, the whole Ross family. I, you know. I mean, Marvel's I don't know all of them, but yeah. <laughs> I know Diana Ross, and I know Evan Ross, and I know Tracy Ellis Ross, um, and I, I like them all. That family, but go ahead. Um, I could not decide on my last person. It's like Ooh. a three-way. It's like a three-way tie between, and I'm not going to get into all of them. It's a three-way tie between Regina King, um, and just what she's done in like movies. I mean, not movies, television this past year with the Emmys and Yo, all that. Yeah, just snuck in three more. Um, she couldn't hold to five. Go ahead. Yeah, this is my number five. There's three people. <laughs> Regina King, Yara Shahidi, and Tamika Mallory. Those are my three other people. You know I don't know celebrities like that. You said Yara Shahidi? Yara Shahidi plays uh, Tracy Ellis Ross' daughter on Blackish, and she's the star of Grownish. And the star of Grownish. Mm-hmm. See, I'm, I lightly watch those, so you got to remind me. Is yeah. there anything else she has going on? Um, she's going to be the new Tinkerbell in the next Peter Pan. Um, so okay. we're going we to have a black Tinkerbell. Um, but yeah, she just like really known. Yeah, so far, that's her. She's mainly known for blackish and grownish. See, I got to. You know, you, you've seen her. T.I., Killer Mike, them had her on a panel like a few. A couple I didn't know what you're ago. talking about. I just yeah. I wasn't really not too familiar with her work as much. Or she just, like, she's just so young. She's she's a young girl. She is a hard worker. She's in she's in college right now at Harvard while she's doing all of this stuff. Small. She's like, yeah, she's like Is that the girl doing the no, no, no. She plays her older sister. So oh, he yes. did, okay, he okay, did okay, the okay. Marseille Martin like look thing. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Explain the, what the I did. Explain thing the thing. With that, the, you know the Marseille Martin the meme where on the chest. her like, hand is wow. on her chest. Like, yeah. No. I was actually going to put Marseille on my list. Mar- that's Marseille? That's Marseille. I love her she's too. She's dope. I love her. And I but, I just know about her because she's kind of a little mm-hmm. more popular. But, but Yara plays Zoe. Out to you calling out somebody that, you know, maybe even I didn't know about. I think I know exactly who you're talking about. I just I wasn't familiar with all her work. If you look at a picture you'll know but I just like her even outside of the shows that she played I don't like love her as this profound actress it's yeah. more like she's so freaking smart and she's like a young girl who's like brilliant mind and it's just cool to see somebody like I wish I was like her at her age and it's like cool like older women aspire to be this younger girl it's nice to right see. right it's right refreshing. that's funny because that brings me to the guys and yeah some of the people on my list are younger some of them are kind of obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first person I'm going to talk about is uh, a person might not everybody talk about, might not know about, but he is so dope right now. He's, I mean, he just has my attention, you know, musically. And, you know, I know it might not ever hit the mainstream or it might not ever hit the club scene, but he's an artist that I am fascinated by because he emphasizes, like, black love his story between him and his wife and the fact that he has such a solid, small circle of people that he does all his work with. His production as a black lady, you know, that has a family. He's very close with the family, like the husband and the, you know, they show such a, a, a 
black love at such an excellent level on such a big platform that I'm inspired to look like too as well one day. Um, he also, you'll be surprised that he doesn't curse in his music. And it, I was hoping when I heard that he didn't curse in his music that it was that he was following a path of Jesus Christ and, you know, God. And that's exactly what it was. You know, he didn't feel that it was in his everyday language. Not saying he's saying cursing someone like the only thing I care about, but when I heard his music, you can't tell. And so you just hope that it kind of reminds me of an artist who doesn't curse, not because they don't want to curse, it's just that they don't need to curse. That's yeah. what it felt like. But he doesn't want to curse, made me like him even more because he was following the path of Jesus Christ. His name is Toby Wigway, and he's from Houston. Texas, that man speaks some, you know, some dope black things, and I love that dude right now. He's on my top five, that, in, at least in this current day. Uh, I was just talking about a, a Michelle Obama, Obama, mm-hmm. Barack Obama, when he speaks. Oh, you know, easy. I can't help but have been inspired to look like Obama when he was in his first presidency and his second presidency. It's crazy how much Obama, the Obamas have an impact on this election like how much they've had to still. step up even in their quote unquote like retirement it's, it's they're so still great. pushing the work which is something that makes me proud so Barack Obama uh another obvious one Jigger Man Jay-Z mm-hmm. um Jay-Z is one of those guys who has a seat at the table right now he's with uh he's impacting things from uh from the executive standpoint and I trust in the moves that he's making at the expense of black liberation. So I'm, I'm rooting for Jay-Z. He's, he's my favorite artist. Or with artist. the interests of black liberation. With the interests of black liberation. Um, he's obviously my favorite rapper of all times, one of my favorite artists of all times. And, you know, now one of my favorite black people of all times right now. Um, Dave Chappelle might be somebody I don't know if everybody knows about, but Dave Chappelle and the platform that he speaks on and I love comedy. I love that he's still raw and thuggy through his comedy and is still being able to be conscious and touch the soul at the same time. I love uh-huh. that. Uh, and LeBron James. LeBron James might be number one for me. Uh-huh. LeBron James. LeBron James. Le- LeBron James is that boy to me, man. LeBron James had so much expectations. LeBron James had the world. As his at his disposal, he could have done anything with all that money. He could have had a whole bunch of you know baby mamas. He could have had a you know a whole bunch of hoes. He could have done a lot of different things with his you know with all that money and power at the time. But at the very least, he became one of the ultimate role models for kids. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't need college to I promise school situation. Yeah, beautiful wife. And kids and had a family. This what is that? is that his high school sweetheart? I think so. Oh, if I'm that is even if it's high, you know, that is something that we're not asking of these, you know, these celebrities to. You can be whoever you want to be. You know, we got to accept you for who you are, and you decided to be that guy. Uh-huh. And then you still stand for us. LeBron James might go down as one of the most historical figures in the black sports community to stand for the rights that he stands for. Maybe behind Muhammad Ali. A lot of these superstars stayed silent while LeBron James, at the, at the top of his career, 
stands for us. LeBron James is number one. I, man, listen, what you mentioned, Gertie, young people inspiring the elders, right? Uh-huh. LeBron James. I didn't mean LeBron James is about the same age. I don't know. But still, I mean, we're close. But still, LeBron James, he's, he's somebody I look up to right now. I hope to see more people, more LeBron James in this world. That will bring some more world peace. I love that, man. Go ahead. Awesome. Okay. Again, obviously, we have similar people. Um, I'll just say their names. So I, I did have Jay-Z and LeBron James on my list, so I'll probably for very similar reasons. Also, shout out to LeBron James for being on his um, first Wheaties box. I didn't even know celebrities, like, athletes cared about that anymore, but it was really, it was real nostalgic to me to see him be on it. Um, okay, so I'm going to get to the other people. Michael B. Jordan is on the top of my list, which recently, not number one, but he is on this top five list because recently I've just noticed him Michael being Michael B. Out, Jordan? Yeah, him just being outspoken about just, like, black issues, but also just, like, in support of everybody black. Um, but then he's also been creating these projects that I'm really excited, that I have really have grown to love. I was just having a conversation with somebody about David Makes Man, which is really? one of his new shows. He come, Gio doesn't, I don't know what his beef with Michael B. Jordan is. I think he's jealous because his girlfriend <sighs> thinks he's he's a he's Gertie, a stud okay, I'm so sorry. What else do you like about Michael B. Jordan? So he So one of the shows that I've watched during this quarantine is David Makes Man, and he's combined. He's um collaborated with the writer of Moonlight, who's from the crib, from South Florida, went to crop, um, but from Miramar specifically. Are these more um, reasons than? Go ahead. What else do you like about Michael B. Jordan? I'm telling y'all what I like about Michael. What the conversation is: Who are the top five black men you admire right now? And I feel like Michael, what's the number one reason why you like Michael B. Jordan? I just told you. You want me to say that he's fine, but that's obvious. Everybody know that that man is gorgeous. That, that's what she used to like. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm just trying to expose her real quick because that needs to be talked about. Yes, you used to. The reason why I have beef with Michael B. Jordan, I think Michael B. Jordan is awesome first and foremost. I ain't. But the reason what? why you liked him so early was strict. Like that's the only reason you. He was talk. never on a list of people I admire. You were so quick to just. He had to do one good thing for you to be like, yes, finally, he's awesome. Can I talk Top about five. these shows? Top five. Can I? Can I finish? Top Top five. Go ahead. I'm so sorry, y'all. So, oh, you're so annoying. So, Michael P. Jordan, um, David Makes Man, if you haven't seen it, please watch it. It is a story about a young black kid who is growing up in Florida City, which is like the homestead homesteadville uh, area. And he is like unpacking a lot of trauma um, in the show. And like, it's just so cool, like the way they did it. Felicia Rashad is in it. We love her, so please watch it. Um, and then also Raising Dion. I haven't been able to see Raising Dion yet, but I heard amazing things. It was like a young black superhero kid. So I feel like... Michael B. Jordan's in that? He's, he wrote these oh, okay. movies. He's, he's the not, producer are, on he, them. But he's not on any of those? Things? I think he's in the beginning of Raising Dion, but not he's not the star of either show. Okay. Yeah, so I'm not... It's not his acting. It's his like... I don't know what he... I think he's the, direct, the director, the executive producer... Um, on these shows and I think that for the first time in a while we've seen a sh- two shows about black kids unpacking black men black boys who turn into black men unpacking trauma yeah. and that's been really cool I so, think the world's not surprised 
you know, similar to his Killmonger role. I think the world well. will be appreciate what you said about Michael B. Jordan. Me personally, I think I know where it came from. I thought it was. Very I mean, easy. and he's fine, but that's not a reason to but admire I know, somebody. I know, the Rock is fine. He's not on this list. There's a lot of fine people that are on this list. Do you want me to name them all? Will that no, make no, you comfortable? No, no, no. That's not what Michael I mean. Ely's fine. I mean. He's not it's on this chill. list. Come on, we're having a good time. No, that's we were. I mean. We were until you came from my list. I, <laughs> I did not interrupt list. your list. I, that's true. That's yes. true. Yes. Next on that's my true. list is Tyler Mother Loving Perry. Because Tyler <laughs> Perry. So because angry. now you done pissed me off. But shout out to Tyler Perry. I didn't want to piss you off. I don't care. You did. I feel like there's not a lot of celebrities right now who give a rat's ass about BET. A lot of black celebrities. And Tyler oh, yeah. Perry keeps going back to BET and trying to change it up and make it happen. And just in general, he, Cicely Tyson stay on a payroll. Like, I just love everything Tyler Perry stands for, everything he works. I think he needs more writers in the room, but that's about it. Um, I really admire Charlemagne the God, more so for his story than anything else. Um, oh, and I think that that's my five. And we talk about this all the time. I also admire Killer Mike. And so he's on my list too. Yeah. Tomorrow, right now in this day and era, I can understand mm-hmm. that. Who we need right now, some of the entertainers that are just making it happen for the black community. Oh, and going back to Michael B. Jordan, he also just greatly, greatly, greatly uplifts black women. And gotta love it. All right. So. <laughs> Let's go into oh god the last, the last thing I want to name in scrolling and double tapping is the fact that <laughs> the last thing I want to name in scrolling and double tapping is the fact that in South Florida, um, Governor DeSantis just announced recently that we are going to be lifting some of the restrictions um, from COVID. So such as like certain curfews, certain mask restrictions, people can't deny you access to certain places because of masks. And things of that nature. We mentioned last episode, all the schools were opening back up. Um, And for a lot of people, this feels very premature. And uh, yeah, this is one of the last things I wanted to talk about. So since we're in the theme of five, um, you can choose between (laughs) happy or things that you're nervous about. Okay. What are five things that you're happy about with what... DeSantis has shared and what are or what are five things that you're nervous about or you can mix up your list just only give me five though only give me five okay um I guess the most I guess the thing that I had common from being excited about and being worried about was school um education situation like you know um I'm very hopeful that these kids don't continue to miss out on a key opponent in you know natural interaction is that community aspect that they get. You know, having this virtual world uh, scares me. It's still intriguing at the same time to see how much, you know, we could do with technology. But I think we miss a lot of that community effort, like, you know, just having man. So are you happy they're going back to school? Or is so that I'm kind of concerned. I have, you know, everything's premature. I don't think the world should be opening back the way it's going at, you know, at all. At this rate, but the fact that it is open, or at least where I wanted the world to be at when it would, you know, when it was safe to be open, would be that kids could get that interaction back with each other and learn some key opponents to growth. And but my concern is that obviously we're premature, and the school situation is not concrete. It's not a safe world out there. So, and I don't like the situation that it is with the education system right now. So I'm I'm scared. 
but hopeful. Um, I also said interaction, love. You know, I'll keep that all in the same place. I will actually, the interaction that we get from the society is something I think that's healthy. You know, to be at home has brought out and exposed a lot of our, you know, inner problems or inner demons that we had. You know, people are relying on online to get interaction and we come off as a scary society, very, you know, filled with hate and, you know, and sin. So that scares me. And I think interaction and being out there uh, has taught us how to love better than just the internet. So the interaction, the love, is something I look forward to. to. Yes. So uh, school's in the same token. I said love. I can't wait to get back to church. Church online is tough. Like, to you know, what that church brings to me and going to that building and having all like-minded people praying to God and praying to Jesus does something to your spirit. It does make me feel better than... Um, being online, I feel distracted and, you know, and, you know, or disconnected because we're just, you know, this viral world is not the world I am looking forward to as much as I am with the interaction and love. I think that's the closest place to world peace. Um, I'm petrified of a breakout and I'm going to mix in the election at the same time. You know, that's something I think that is important in the state. So I'll put that all together. I think that the the this scares me in the idea of how this might affect the election and voting. And the breakout might emerge from the situation. So I'm scared of that too as well. So I'll keep that very simple. I don't like the idea of Trump getting COVID. I don't like the idea of him not doing his second presidential debate. I don't like the idea of what how might that affect the voting polls. That scares me. And another breakout as well. And um, one thing that I'm happy, though, is that I'm going back to work. I DJ for a living, y'all. I haven't had a job in three years. I completely have dedicated myself to DJing and have been very hopeful. And I've been praying about it to have a job and a career in this music industry. Let it be this podcast or let it be DJing. So, so to get back to the people and do what I do, because my sister would tell you that I DJ for the people and to the love of people. So that's what I do it for. I don't do it for anything else. It's something that's simply out of love. And I think that that platform has granted me, you know, a lot of blessings. And I will continue to preach those words that I talk by. Mm-hmm. Cool. One thing I didn't have on my list that you just made me think about was church. And I, but I recently thought that, like, I was watching church online the other day. I was watching church online the other day. You talk about this all the time. Yeah, I was struggling. I was like, I felt so bad. Um, I felt bad, too, because I, like, posted that I was watching it, and the church reposted it on their Instagram story, and I was like, I'm so fake. Oh, so fake. I barely paid attention. Amen. Repent the Um, best way. Go ahead. Talk to the people. But um, that wasn't on my list, but that is something I'm excited to get back to. Um, But anyways, let me get to what I really did have. One thing I am happy about, I want to start with the positive, because I probably am more nervous than I am excited. Um, One thing I am happy about last year, I felt, or not last year, earlier this year, damn, 2020 has been so long (laughs) earlier this year you know a lot of kids didn't have their graduation their prom stuff like that like I'm happy 
for the idea of like a sense of normalcy coming back. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. had birthday plans that were canceled. Yeah. I'm still trying to like plan my 30th birthday next year, and I can't it's about because to be a holiday. But I can't because it's just like I. You know, it's it's four months away, which is fine. But usually, I would like think about like a venue or stuff like that, and I just don't know what the world is going to look like. The world's going to look like, in yeah. in three months. So it's just like you know what it is, what it is. But I'm excited to get back to some type of place of normalcy. Um, one thing Gio mentioned that I also agree with is the election. But for a different reason, I feel like conservatives are not afraid of COVID because. President Trump has made COVID a joke. And so they're not afraid to go into the polls. Whereas like other people, especially the elderly, um, especially the like and on the liberal side in general, they are going to be afraid. So a lot of them are going like a lot of liberals, a lot of Democrats are going to be mailing in their ballots. And I don't trust it. Um, I do trust early voting. But like the mail-in ballots and stuff like that, like that's stuff. Eject, though for a second. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of states who do mail-in voting as a regular thing. Yeah, so, I know. So. It's just weird to it's, me. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a working process. I'm waiting on a gift card that was supposed to come in the mail months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Where is it, Cooper Vision? Ooh, calling them out. Aggressive, though. Bruh. Oh, you just called a black woman aggressive. Ooh. Burr, 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 burr. Oh, no, you did no, it! No, 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 you no, did no, it. no! I did not call a black he woman aggressive, it. y'all. I called my sister. <laughs> I am aggressive. a black woman. You're also my sister. So? I mean, there's like little things I can talk to Cooper you about. Cooper Vision owes me a gift card. But that what is I all I said. Aggressive is that like I'm when upset. It comes to this show. I thought I would be that guy, but you have called out some people in the process in a couple of episodes. Some people need to go out. So compared to me as brother and sister, (laughs) you're the aggressor compared to me. Wow. It's because I'm a black woman. Don't try to add Charlemagne (laughs) to make it seem like he and I are on the same platform. See, I would call it black woman. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. I I have no more disclosures. When I call Gertie anything, it's because she's my sister, y'all. That don't make Ugh. it okay. So y'all tell him. You really know. I can't wait for month. Tevin to hear this. Tevin go because read Tevin your ass. Because Tevin call that out, though. <laughs> but until now you called it out and you shouted him out, he's definitely going to call it out. Yeah. Shout out to Tevin, our number one listener right now, man. He get the badge for that. <laughs> I can't wait. He gives us a feedback and impression on every single episode. I absolutely love that, man. <laughs> but yeah, Tevin, but, I wasn't calling black women aggressive. I was calling Gertie. But anyways, the impact on the election, I think that it has. That's my number two. My number three that I'm excited for is, I'm not going to lie, I really miss live entertainment. Um, I miss oh, concerts. Yeah. I even miss just like going to the movies. Girl, like talk physically. about it real quick. And I don't feel comfortable doing that stuff just yet. But hopefully if things get normalized. Can, 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 can you tell the people a little list of all the people you done seen in your lifetime live concerts? That would be way too much. I've seen way give, too give many me, people. Give me, go ahead. Like I've DMX, seen. you saw Jay-Z, DMX. You just said, out of the list of three, you just said, I didn't see two of them. <laughs> never seen Jay-Z and Nicki? I never seen Nicki. I never seen DMX. I, I said just like DMX oh, on that song. Oh, the women. okay, okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's like, yeah, Rihanna, okay. Rihanna. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah. I was like, yeah. Okay, so, so I've seen Jay Z, Beyonce, Rihanna, Travis Scott, Kanye West. Um, who else have I seen? I've seen Boyz II Men. We saw Janet Jackson. Um, Janet Jackson. We saw Drake. Rick Ross, Drake, Chance the Rapper, Future. 
Um, we saw Rick Ross. We saw yeah, Ross. I seen J Cole, Big Sean. Saw J Cole, Big Sean. Um, YG, Trina, YG, Jeremiah. Trick, um, Jeremiah. I've seen. We go to concerts. Bro. Um, we go to concerts. Technically, actually, technically, I haven't. Talent and everybody. YG, that's sad, but I don't want to talk about that. Before Sorry. Quarantine, I think the last concert we went to was that Cali concert, right? It was the Super Bowl, Super concert, Bowl concert, which had everybody. It had Ludacris. It had um, everybody. Like, I don't know the why baby. I stopped at Ludacris. Yeah, the baby. He goes. Mm-hmm. Literally, he brought everybody out. Everybody. Um, but go ahead. Go ahead. Common. Keep I just cutting. want the world to know the reason why I had to shout you out real quick. I want the world to know that we really do this. Yeah, like, my very first concert was Alicia Keys and John Legend, y'all. Like that was so great. John Legend yeah. opened up for her. Um, that we just don't, we set don't the just tone. Talk about it. And, like we do, you know, we have a strong opinion on hip hop, and you know, she's black entertainment because we we really go out there and try yeah. to go see these things. My cousin and I, she turns 21 next year. I turned 30, and so our plan was to go to um, Rolling Loud next year. So. Hopefully that'll happen. That'll be our gift to each other. But like I miss live entertainment, so I'm excited for that to come back. But I also wanted to be safe, so I'm not pressed and I'm not rushing to do those things. Um, another thing I'm excited for is like I feel like before COVID, I really took advantage of certain relationships, um, certain experiences. Um, like my boyfriend and I talk about this, like just going out on dates more consistently. Like we just took advantage of some of that stuff. And so I'm excited to have that. Like I even got nervous thinking that there might not be a Thanksgiving this year for our family. And oh, yeah. so yeah, we're on Thanksgiving though. Yeah. So. We we don't not Thanksgiving. And the last thing similar to what Gio said, um, schools. I'm nervous yeah. about schools. I coach teachers. I have now twenty seven teachers who I work with, two of them who no longer work with our org because of um, because of COVID and because of fears and so I just like am really just thinking about teachers. I'm thinking about students. I'm thinking about students who go home to families who may have people with pre existing health conditions or just in general. Um, to even have a world that believes that you know not taking this situation serious. We've seen other countries have no cases and that we didn't. You know we're we're just so stronger or we're we're so. You know, immune to these situations scares the heck out of me. There's even one person out there who won't just wear a mask. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it just hurts that a lot of the reasons for schools reopening is around funding. And if they didn't open by a certain date, they would lose like $54 million. And I, I can speak specifically to Miami-Dade County Public Schools. And that just hurts, breaks my heart because like you're telling me that the lives of all these teachers and students are worth $54 million. Can I ask you a question? Do you know anything about the funding that goes into COVID patients at hospitals? I've been seeing a lot of different sources say something about that, you know, hospitals get paid for this amount of money because of COVID situations. I haven't heard that. The idea that this situation can be profitable is so sad. Go ahead. I mean, but literally that is the story of being a minority and being like, Black, brown, of low socioeconomic status of being a woman is that your your biggest like issues, your plight, all of that is monetized, like all the time. So it is. It's almost like what I'm used to in America. Not that I'm accepting it or I'm not fighting for systemic change, but that's what it is. Yeah, man. So. 
Be I mean, safe man, out there, y'all boys. You said a lot there just now. And, you know, that's why I think... And I want this podcast, this episode to be a little bit more lit and live and happy. But it's so hard to not think about the black plight and what we got to go through every single day. So that's why it starts. You know, we're going we're gonna to try our best to keep things lit and live. But, you know, go vote. And... You wear know, a mask. Go wear a mask. <laughs> like, I mean, come on now. Like, what wh- what is it to you just to wear a mask and to just vote anyway because you got the right to do it? The mask do be hot. <laughs> like, it's outside. Yeah. I be struggling. Y'all don't be smelling your own breath? Am all I the only right. one? Y'all don't be smelling so your own breath? we're going to transition to all my you playlists because Jill got hot stink breath. So, to, oh, so you never smelled your own breath through your mask? My breath smells like roses. Thank you. you. That's a lie. Nobody mm. believes that. You can see does. people can smell your breath through the pictures. <sighs> they go, they go smell <laughs> that hot ass breath. <laughs> <laughs> everybody got hot breath. I mean, not everybody, but still, you might just eat something and you go to Publix real quick because you got to grab something. Then you smell that little, you know, the onion chips you just ate. Smell it. What onion chips are you eating? French onion chips. You don't be eating French onion chips. Like, you know, French onion dip, my bad, Mm. and chips. And you love that. That's your John Blaze right there. I don't be walking around eating French onion chips every day. But you do. You you go in the Publix right after that, and you're used to not having a mask. You be smelling your damn hot breaths, too. You be ready to expose the host. You might not get... You know what? (laughs) Employ... Of the month. So we're going to change. At the end of the episode, it just got real in here. We're going to transition to all my playlists. We are, thank you, Gio, for playing top five, top five, top five. (laughs) (laughs) You're allowed to do that. (laughs) You're allowed to do that. (laughs) Top five, top five, top five. Um, I'm so mad at my little set. You're allowed to do that. I like real, uh, I I like natural drops, and you like to play these pre-recorded drops. I like my top five, top five, top five. That's my version of a drop. That's so boring. I don't have drops. Damn. Just gray. Go ahead. I'm sorry, sis. We'll see who gets a point in a month. Let's go. I'll beat your ass. Um, <laughs> but let's get into on my playlist. A lot of new music is out right now, Jill. What um what what's on your mind when it comes to the music? Hold on, let me see. Uh I do have a list for you. I thought about this. Uh there's a few guys that I like. I mentioned Moneybag Yo in Black. Youngster, last episode. Yeah. Um, full of hits. You know, for the DJs, y'all got to go get on that. There's nothing you can do about that. Um, I've also listened to that. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm on the wrong list. I've also listened to that Act 2 J Electronica. Now, last time I mentioned J Electronica on this podcast, people... Kind of was like, why did you like that first album? I know it had a lot of Jay Z on there, and I was excited to hear Jay Z again. And it was just, I was just happy to get anything from Jay Electronica. Act two seems to be like the finished product of Act one. I know he's calling it Act two, like it's a continuation, but the flow of the album is better. Um, the lyrics are a little bit more clear. He's not going to that, you know, to that dictionary place where a lot of people the common ear might just be bored of it 
you know, the bomb atomically philosophies and democracies can't define why I be dropping these type of like talk, that type of rap. So he got away from that. And to me, it became a better listen. Um, just because y'all waited, I forgot to mention this album when it first came out. Little Dirk has been a fire, Gertie. Little Dirk is a very underrated artist. I think we talked about him in episode one. We did? I mentioned Little Dirk before? Okay, yeah. I got to look back at that because that has just been something that I've been playing recently. Um, one of my favorite projects out right now is that Savage Mode 2 by 21 Savage. 21, 21, 21, 21. See, you did the same thing. That's just the same as my top five, top five, top but five. But nobody says that. Yeah, huh? 21, 21. People say that. 21. That's the same. 21. 21. That, that whole album is fire. It is good, but that's not the point of um, my... You made a drop with your mouth. That's true. Your mouth be dropping. <laughs> <laughs> um... I haven't listened to the Wiz Khalifa album in whole yet. I've heard a few of it. Wiz Khalifa always delivers for me. So it's kind of hard to like even, you know, I'm a, I'm really part of the Wiz Khalifa cult, like fan base. So I just I just don't just follow his music. I follow his uh, his webisodes on YouTube. I've follow his Twitter and IG and like, you he know. You said web, webisodes? I think it's webisodes. That's webisodes. funny. Yeah. I've never heard that before. <laughs> and, um... I also dabbled in that YG. I got to give YG the proper, and Wiz Khalifa the proper listen they deserve. I just still have been listening to, I, I, I mean, you know how I am. I listen to album I love and it's on Rewind for a little while. Is it Pop Detroit oh. is so good to me. It needs, it's, you know, it has that rewind factor that I got to still digest. I still on some of the older albums. You know, I think I got to give some of these guys some more time and appreciation. Aside from the local artists that we'll talk about later, though. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with Gio. I think Savage Mode 2 is really, really good. It's just hit after hit. Um, it was just nice to hear 21 Savage just, like, spit bars. Um, yeah. I'm su- he he definitely surprised me. Like when he first came out, I was not feeling him. Um, but I wasn't trying to, so I definitely opened my eyes 21, and my 21. ears. Um, the saga of Wiz Khalifa was really good. Um, but you heard it in entirety. But I, I said yeah, and I said this the first episode too. Wiz Khalifa dropped another project earlier this year, like in February. Mm-hmm. That was really really good too. So I wasn't surprised. Um, but I feel like I haven't heard Wiz Khalifa in a while, so it was nice to hear more of him this year. Um, I'm excited to hear My Life 400 by YG. Um, yeah, I talked last time about how obsessed I am with him, um, but I haven't yet. But albums that I have heard, um, or an album that I have heard, is The Anniversary. It's called Anniversary by Bryson, Bryson Tiller. Tiller. It was nice to have Bryson back, and it was a little bit more of the sound that is uh, similar to Bryson Tiller album you one. You are, not to cut you off, sis, but you're critical of Bryson. Like, Me? Gertie is like, she's not your average yes man. You liked Bryson's first project, right? Yeah. You loved, did you care about his second project? I liked the second one. I oh, thought, you did? I or thought, you one of the people that liked it? I thought it? other people were being too critical Okay, my bad. It. I stand yeah, corrected. Yeah, yeah. I stand corrected. I thought, I thought you were like, you know, what? I, maybe I'm confusing with somebody else. Yeah, I, I actually got into, I was like, y'all just want to be negative sometimes because I felt like his second project was actually a more matured sound of his, which I think sometimes people 
And this is like sometimes what happens in our community a lot, where people just want you to be the same way all the time. And it's yeah, like yeah, people don't appreciate the mm-hmm. uh, the growth of mm-hmm. the artist or things like that, or they're just so impatient. Yeah. To hear any evolution of artists. Yep, exactly. But That's this, why I this... always say Kanye's second album, and I know you might not agree with this, but I always thought Kanye's second album was better than his first album. Not because the first album didn't have a special place in my heart, or the first album wasn't incredible. It's one of the greatest albums I've ever heard, you know, the college dropout. But late registration just seemed like a more polished and a continuation of what he was starting. So when I heard just the, the involvement and still got the essence of the first album... And that he continued the first album just to be what he was. More songs, more be- you know, more features, more dominant beats. I just mm-hmm. love to see the evolution. So, but you felt that way about Bryson, like, in, or did you? Do you still feel that Bryson Taylor's first album was better than his second album? Yeah, I still feel like the first album was better. Right, but do you also feel that way about Kanye's album too? Right. I no. think the Kanye's first album was better. Was better. Than yeah, you like the original things, but you still, mm. but you care, you still have love for the evolution of the second album. Yeah, I think Kanye had the best three P. Do ever you, seen. as a fan of people who like the original version, do you ever get to missing that sound? Do you ever? Does that ever affect the way you listen to them? Does you know? Does it ever take a shade off? Like, yeah, man, I kind of like that first album. Kind of not really. Like, if I think about like Big Sean, for example. His first album isn't. It's a. I liked his first album, but it, he his sound has definitely evolved a lot, and I like his new sound more than I like his old sound. Okay. Same thing with um with Drake, like with So Far Gone. Like you I like feel like all those guys' first albums too. All what guys? Drake and Big Sean. No, like that's first, what I'm saying. I like their first, first album as number one. No. Okay. I'm saying I like their first albums, but I don't think that that's their. Best albums, best albums okay. yeah. Okay. Um, Bryson Tiller, though, I do think that Trap Soul was his best album. Still, so far, um, I think that the second album was good. I think people didn't give it enough try because it sounded so different from Trap Soul. Okay. Um, Anniversary sounds more like Trap Soul than the second album did. Um, but I thought it was okay. Um, I I have to listen again. I do like Bryson Tiller. I and like I, the I think that out of I think that the track Out of Time with Drake was really good. I like the evolution of artists, but I like to see some adjustments too. Going back to what your fans like a little bit, mm-hmm. still evolving, but I also like that process. You know, I, I like, you know how we are. We're, we love what these artists do. We're very positive on like, you know, what artistry is when it comes to music, you know? Yeah, if you're completely different, like going from like a college, a uh, graduation Kanye graduation to uh, 808s and Heartbeats. I'm like, okay. I'm, but like, even then, I wasn't like disowning Kanye. I'm like, I'm going to let you try something new, but like, yeah, I'm not yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah. I am. I will so throw to go your from there, car. For, to go from there to my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy now, that was dark, one of the greatest. But it yes. sounded nothing like the first three. But I, so I'm okay with evolution. I'm okay with change. I just like, it just gotta sound good. <laughs> like, it gotta still be good. So that was my feels with Bryson Tiller. Um, recently, I heard this song called "Last Time" by Giveon. I think that's how you say his name. Yeah, Giveon, yeah, 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 and it's featuring Snow Allegra. And I saw it on the list. I didn't. I was very unfamiliar. But go and ahead. I like fell in love with that song. I thought it was so good. Um, so I did a little research, and he has a project called. Uh, when it's all said and done, it's a short little mixtape, like a few songs. So I'm excited to check that okay. out. Okay, I'm gonna go check that out just because you said that because you got a good ear. Mm-hmm. 
the R&B vibe. I get excited about R&B music. Okay. So, all right. So before we get ready to close out, as you all know, we got to honor our neighbor. Shout out some local businesses. And so um, I will also go ahead and start. This past weekend, I had some licksicles. Okay. So it's like, it's not popsicles, but they're lick sickles because they have liquor in them um and so lixicles by d um someone who i've known forever and you can follow her at at a taste of d so a t a s t e o f d e e yes two e's um our girl dd dd we appreciate you always you always supported us so we support you back you know we love you for real Yes, this past weekend she gave us some pouches and some lexicals for an event that we had, and they were a fan favorite to the point where I was upset because every everybody ate my popsicles, but that's okay. <laughs> Gio, I got a few. Um, I'm gonna shout out some artists, uh, some local artists that uh, they've been coming to my Monday nights at Mogul Mondays at nine five four Ultra Lounge. Um, follow them. Follow me. And uh, I will love if you're in the South Florida area, come check it out. It's a beautiful Monday night, it's a uh, mixer and a networking event, and we have lo- it's a local artist showcasing party too as well. So there's a couple of artists that really stuck out to me the last couple of weeks. I think I mentioned them a few times, but I'm gonna mention them again. Uh, they're worth to listen to. They are really fire. There's, some of them are very young, but they are already like killing the stage. You gotta go check them out. One dude, his name is Lil Germ. Man, shout out to Lil Germ. Young bull out here, Gertie. When I tell you he's snapping out here, he said some things that have made grown people just go crazy in the club. I'm telling you, it's crazy. Melly Worldwide, um, she's awesome. She gives me this Amanda Perez feel. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like she raps more than she sings, but her voice still sounds very good. Kind of gives me that feel, especially that pain that they, that that you know that. Uh, what is it? The hood gospel, kind of. Like, it gives me that feel. Uh-huh. And she's not even talking about some hood stuff. She's just talking about some real love, some, you know, some, you know, some deep love situations. I think she's dope. Grill and Black. Hey, Grill and Black out here about to be a superstar soon. So, Grill and Black, uh, that's just, you know, he likes to say, just Google me. Grill and Black, nigga fire. Player, player. Him and Lil Germ got a track together. That definitely got my attention. I was like, yo, Player Player already is coming from a different state. I forgot where he's from. But um, he's he's already making an impact in South Florida, and I think he's dope as hell. And um, shout out to Cardell, my brother, man. One of the, you know, River Run gang members. You know what it is. You know what it is. Boy, y'all are not a gang. River Run gang. Y'all are like the Boy Scouts. Hey, don't <laughs> talk about my gang like that. Don't talk about my gang like that. Cardell, I love you, Cardell's my brother. Cardell's not an artist. Happy birthday. He's not an artist. He's just one of my closest friends, one of my best friends. You know, I got to shout out my one of my brothers, man. Cardell, happy, happy birthday. I love birthday, you, family. Happy birthday, Cardell. Yes, the big brother vibes. Cool. Okay. Well, we just went through what's happening right now. We went through what we're listening to, download these albums. Also, like, we didn't listen to all of the albums we talked about. So tell us the ones that really stood out to you. What are yes. some What are some artists that y'all like that y'all think we should listen to and give some feedback on? And then we talked about Honor That Neighbor. We shouted out the community and shared some people for you to, to get tap into, some people for you to follow, some small businesses. And so... To um, wrap it up tonight, episode five. Yes, sir. Five yes, time, five sis. time, five time. Yeah, oh, I'm five not a. Time, five time. <laughs> Please don't. Cinco de octubre. 
Actubre. Whatever, Gio. Nadia would be upset. Before the street, before the street lights come on. Shout out to Nadia. Um, before I go to doing that, I must announce the most important thing of the month, the employee of the month. <laughs> it's a great honor to call out this employee. Has stepped up in numerous ways behind the scenes has put things together to make things work. Little do you know how much this person puts in work. Always on time. Always prepared. Two steps in front of me. This month has been an eye-opener for me, ladies and gentlemen. Owning a business such as this and being a boss. We are ending the show at one... Hours, you like you stop this. You stop this. See, this is this is not good. This is not good right here. So it's a great honor to shout out the new employee of the new. month. Hold up. Kirthy Eugene. <laughs> <is the one>. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new month. Of course I got a new employee of the month. Oh. It's a new I month. <laughs> stop. <laughs> I don't work for you. You just got caught being nervous. <laughs> Wait, hold up. New? New? You got caught being nervous. Uh-huh, coming up in here taking my spot. <laughs> I was ready. Yes, you care. See, I just caught you. But care. no, I don't care. Oh, that was great. I really did that, y'all. She really got nervous. I'm the only one who works here. Hello. Shout out to the producer. Producer, I was kind of talking about you, but I had to sell it to her. Excuse me? Because you work so hard. No, no, you're, you're greatly appreciated, Gertie. No, seriously, you have really been helping me out. I you hate have it. Always help me follow my dreams. So I love you, man, for real. So I'm grateful to have you as my co host. Um, I'm just grateful, y'all. This has been a month of work and it hasn't been easy. This podcast world is new and lonely. My team didn't have a lot of resources to rely on. This really came from the ground up. Just like most things that come to my life, the reward is the grind or the ability to even do this. So be grateful. Today, we will love everybody around us that make us who we are. I want to believe that every single person you have ever met has had some impact in your life. You ever had a really bad day and somehow a complete stranger walks by and smiles and says hello and naturally you smile back and that smile just lasts a little bit longer. I mean, that's, some, that's impact, y'all. See, now that's positive energy being transferred from one entity to another. Be grateful today and bring it back to your people. Bring it back. Bring that love and that energy back to the people that you care about. And, you know, just like I always do, I love to bring this back to hip-hop. I want you to listen to one of my favorite songs of all time. It's Heaven by Scarface. It's on the Fix album. Scarface is one of my favorite rappers, girl. You know that. This line reminds me of my gratefulness. And the next morning you wake up, the world looked lighter, the grass is greener, the sun brighter. I know that feeling firsthand when I went into sights, when I allowed the Lord to come in my life, and it was like heaven. That line has changed me, y'all. That's how I felt when I allowed the Lord to come in my life. I'm not trying to make this podcast to convert, but I'm definitely going to preach what I stand by, y'all. So 
I hope you accept that blessing from me. Um, I hope you accept that blessing from God. So uh, remember, prayer changes everything, y'all. So keep praying out there. Keep loving out there. Be grateful every single time you wake up. This world can be scary. I hope I didn't put so much weight on you. I hope I lifted up some of that stress off your shoulders. Amen. <laughs>